Welcome to the Disciples Dialogue, where believers celebrate their commonalities, share their testimonies, and edify the body of Christ. Each episode contains healthy conversations between Brother Jill and guest speaker. Thanks for joining the Disciples Dialogue. Praise the Lord, everyone. Welcome back to the Disciples Dialogue, and thank you so much for joining me again. Uh, as always, I've got another uh, guest with me today, a guest speaker, and I am so privileged and honored to have with me a new friend of mine, uh, Brother Jonathan Kegabine. Brother Kegabine, thank you so much for joining me today, and God bless you, and welcome to the Disciples Dialogue. Thank you, Brother Teal. It's a great privilege and pleasure to be a part of this uh, collaborative podcast and I'm so excited that we get to talk about the topic we're talking about tonight. Uh, I think it's a great topic and necessary for the body of Christ. Anybody in leadership can benefit from it, and um, so we're excited. Amen. Amen. I am excited. Uh, you and I have uh, we kind of got connected through social media, and um, I thank the Lord for it. Um, and you you approached me with this this topic, and we've kind of discussed it uh, not at length, but uh, just briefly um, mm-hmm. the the culture of life. And so I was intrigued, uh, and I was excited to be able to sit down and record an episode and to to talk about this. So um, uh, before we get started into that, why don't you let the listeners know who you are, where you're from, and and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am Jonathan Kegbein. I'm uh, a preacher. Uh, I help my pastor at True Gospel Lighthouse in Madison, Georgia. Uh, pastor Gary Bratcher. Um, I uh, I run Bible Bulletin podcasts, and uh, I'm finding out that uh, getting online, there are a lot of people who are hungry for the Word of God, and and so excited to see what God is doing. Been in ministry for years. Um, Seems like the Lord, um, as he's done with so many of us around 2020, kind of really shook us up, got us out of our comfort zones and Mm -hmm. into spreading the gospel however we can, Mm -hmm. looking at social media differently and trying to get it out there. Uh, You know, there's a lot of, um, the elders would use radio. Mm -hmm. Um, I found out that uh, there's not a lot of people listening to radio anymore. Right. So, but people are watching and listening to podcasts, blogs and all. And um, mm-hmm. so why not? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a great tool. And I, I think any way that we can get the gospel out there, uh, I'm, I'm on board. So um, I'm excited. And uh, so with the, the topic of the culture of life, uh, why don't you, I'm going to just pass the ball to you. And why don't you get us started and, and, what does that mean? What do you, uh, how would you start this conversation and what, what are we going to be talking about tonight? Okay. So the, I've heard the phrase over the years, but the message that I heard that really, um, I think is a good way of explaining it and, and getting it into your system. There was a guy named, uh, pastor Caleb Adams preached, message entitled the culture of life and um he was interviewed on uh biblos network and that's a podcast that i love listening to that kingdom speak and Mm -hmm. i know those are two that you've mentioned before oh yes great podcast um and um the topic uh that he preached on the title of the message was the culture of life Mm -hmm. and uh, i think he might have titled it Maintaining the Culture of Life. But um, the message was really good. It was uh, in a short summary talking about, um, he, he went from the scripture of not seething a kid in his mother's milk, which means don't boil a, a, a baby goat that's still on its mother's milk. Mm-hmm. And um, what he was talking about is those peculiar type laws that you find in the old Testament and you wonder, you know, what mattered about it so much? Well, the kid had the opportunity to grow up to be a big goat, mm-hmm. provide more meat, possibly even milk. And of course, more goats. Mm-hmm. 
And so if you cut him off young, you're not getting the potential out of the kid. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so rather than having a culture that, um, that kills off the young, mm-hmm. it's a culture that, that sustains life, maintains life and promotes life. Yeah. And uh, of course that goes into our attitudes and, and the atmosphere that people enter into when they enter into a church service or just around church people, even if it's coming into your home for a dinner, um, people you meet at work that we carry a culture of life about us, not a culture of death. We are, we, as I've said in the podcast a while back about the seat of the scornful, that's not our seat. Right. We don't have the judgment seat that belongs to God and him alone. Mm-hmm. And he jealously guards that seat. Yes. We, we don't have the right. Although we're washed by him, we're cleansed by him. He makes us clean in every way. I do believe the, the more we stay full of the Holy Ghost, just the cleaner we stay. Mm-hmm. And, and he is more than capable of cleaning us up. Uh, however, he's the only God. Yes. He's the one true God mm-hmm. and he's a jealous God. So yes. we let him do the judging and all that, but we have the power in us to provide life yes. to everyone around us. So, um, if I could, I've got some, some notes. There's kind of a, um, strategic teaching that I want to slide into this, that, that, a process where we can look at a couple of scriptures and then at the end of it, kind of come to some conclusions that God would want us to learn. Absolutely. Um, thank you, brother Till for the opportunity. Um, real quickly, uh, we find in Deuteronomy 22, six and seven, I'm going to paraphrase because mm-hmm. that old King James version that I read from, you can get lost in some of that mm-hmm. trying to figure out what in the world are they saying? So I'm going to paraphrase. What he says is if you find a nest, you can take the eggs, but not the mother. All right. Then he says that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest prolong thy days. So you can take the eggs that you can sustain life, but you don't kill a mother on the nest that where there's eggs, where there's young uh, birds, Mm -hmm. chickens, whatever it is. Um, if you need something to eat, take the eggs. Don't take the mother. Right. Because the eggs can't sustain life on their own. They have to have the mother. Yes. But the mother can make more eggs. Mm-hmm. So the you see that sort of idea of sustaining life already in motion early in the Bible. Then if you look at Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse nine and, uh, 19 and 20, um, and I will paraphrase this. It's kind of a lengthy thing, but it says, when you besiege a city mm-hmm. uh, and you besiege it for a long time, you'll start to build bulwarks. These are temporary walls of defense mm-hmm. because you're, you're there so long, the city may send out offenses against you and you build your own temporary walls called bulwarks. And uh, when you go to build those bulwarks, he said, don't build these bulwarks out of food providing trees like nut trees and fruit trees. He said, but build them out of trees that don't provide meat. Yeah. They don't provide food. Um, And then he says, and I quote this for the tree of the field is man's life. Yes. Yes. Powerful. So you can build it out of a, uh, let's say a pine tree or something or a, a cedar, I don't believe, produces any kind of nut or fruit. Um, but you can't build it out of a pecan tree or pecan tree or however yeah. y'all say it. Uh, we grow them here. We call them pecans. So. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> uh, but you wouldn't get an apple tree and right. and build your bulwark out of that. That provides light. And if you besiege the city and you win the city, um, now you've already got something out in the field providing life. So you don't want to cut that off and, and then wonder, okay, we've got this city and we took it over. Now what are we going to eat? You right, know? right. Um, then in Exodus 23 and 19 is where Brother Caleb Adam took his text from. Uh, and that's, I'll quote that one. It says, the first of the first fruits of your land 
you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. And then it says, thou, just in the same verse, all of a sudden it says, thou shalt not see the kid, or that's a little goat, in his mother's milk. And I think that when you're reading this, you see both the idea that you're supposed to maintain a culture of life mm-hmm. that provides life now and in the future. Mm-hmm. All right. But then you look at the context of these verses and that's when you start seeing a little bit more where God, you can tell that God knew we would be exactly where we are right now mm-hmm. when he designed uh, the Bible, when he had it wrote that we'd be facing the same temptations and desires and, uh, the temptation to get in the same routine, uh, the temptation to get in the seat of the scornful, mm-hmm. and these types of things. So if you look at the first set of scripture I gave you where he said, um, you're going to come across the, uh, a mother bird in a nest. Mm-hmm. You take the eggs, but don't take the, the mother. So there needs to be a culture of life. Well, that verse is slid right behind Deuteronomy 22 and five. Mm -hmm. And half the audience knows exactly what that says, but I'll quote it. Um, It says the woman shall not wear that, which pertaineth to a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. So he says, and I'll say it like this. We can't ignore any scripture. We have to teach them all. So however you teach that, however you present that to whoever you're teaching to, whoever you're presenting to, the next verse says, oh, by the way, when you come across a a mother bird. Wow. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's a culture of life. Mm. Yeah. So so he gives them that, that thing that, didn't bother none of them. They could teach that all day long back then. No one cares. Sure. But to an apostolic church in Pentecostal church in 2023. Yeah. He says, read the next verse. Always read context. I've Mm. got a little bit more to tell you. Sure. When you go to teach this, remember, don't cut them off Mm -hmm. too early. Mm -hmm. You can't sustain life like that. Wow. And, you look at the next verse where it talks about besieging a city and you take over a city, you're winning your city. Mm-hmm. You know, um, even then you don't, you don't cut off that that sustains life. Mm-hmm. You don't cast it out and burn it up in your, in your flaming passion to besiege the city. Right. You don't, you don't cut off the culture of life. You mm-hmm. still got to sustain. You still have to, you, you can't be a great soul winner and not love your neighbor at the same time. Come on. That's the truth. You see, sometimes you'll, you, you see, and I just point this out. Sometimes you'll see people and they're all, they're all about soul winning, you know, and I could put air quotes on that because winning new souls is important. Mm-hmm. It is as important as winning the ones that are already there. Yeah. Retaining. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like, Brother Justin, that no matter where I am or what I'm doing, I'm always winning souls. I'm always reaching. I'm always providing life and trying to help somebody, even those that's been in church for years. Mm -hmm. Because what happens to them? They become, some become widows. Mm -hmm. And what did he say? To visit the widows. That's pure and true religion. That's right. James told us that. Um, the fatherless, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, visiting the elderly mm-hmm. um, and all that stuff. So, sometimes people will come in, and he said to, to visit them in prison. Sometimes our saints find themselves in prison, sure. you know, these mental prisons, these spiritual yeah. prisons. And, sure. And, um, and so we still see that, you know, Paul and Silas are in in prison and they're there till midnight mm-hmm. praying and praising God and singing. They're still maintaining that culture of life, even in a place where everybody's doom and gloom and waiting to die. Yes. He's, you know, Paul and Silas are there maintaining that culture of life. And yeah. guess what happens? 
everyone that's there, everyone's bands were loose. That's right. So if we maintain a culture of life, then uh, say, for instance, our church services, we keep a culture of life. Somebody can come in bound. They leave loose. Yes, sir. Yes, they yeah. can. That's amazing. Yeah. So the, um, the last scripture that I mentioned, Exodus 23 and 19, about um, boiling a kid in his mother's milk, boiling a kid goat in his mother's milk. The context of that is was bringing an offering to the Lord. And when you bring your offering to the Lord, Brother Teal, we cannot sacrifice our children in our giving to the Lord. Mm. We cannot sacrifice our children and our future in our sacrifice for the Lord. So that goes several different ways. One, uh, if you've got children and you're in church, your ministry can't come so far before your children that they get neglected. Yeah. There you go. You know, they're the future of the church. Uh-huh. And if they don't make it, then all that we've done, if all the children don't, they all backslide and they don't make it for the neglect, then we've not maintained that culture of life. So we have to have that. Mm. Now, so good. Yeah. Um, when you bring your offering to the Lord, it can't be, um, it can't be, I've got to bring an offering. You know, I, I, it can't be so much about you. And um, in this case, maybe someone procrastinates to the last minute. The only thing they have to offer is their, their kid goat. They don't want to offer the, the uh, adult goat that is without spot or, whatever, mm-hmm. bringing their first fruits into the house of the Lord. He said, don't grab the kid goat on the way. Don't grab the youth. Don't grab the young in the Lord and sacrifice them. You know, that's what people were doing to Molech and all that in the Bible. Right. That, that valley that Jesus called hell, where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not, that was where when they were in rebellion, uh, the children of Israel, they went to that valley and sacrificed children. Yes. They burnt, they passed them through the fire. They burnt their children. And that's a culture of death. That's a, that's a culture of, uh, you know, my conveniences can't sacrifice my children, mm-hmm. my desires. Also, when you think of any of this, if it's about gaining new territory in God, if it's about, um, teaching the, let's say, standards or anything like that, if it's about sacrificing unto the Lord, you we cannot sacrifice the, the thing that's not yet bearing fruit, the thing that isn't, you know, something that's going to sustain life in the future. Yeah. You can't sacrifice it. That's what all of those examples were about. These are, these are that that's going to provide life in the future. Mm-hmm. So if we were to think of how we provide life for those around us, um, one of the, the things the Bible tells us is that when we get the Holy Ghost, that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's right. Life sustaining. Yes. Yeah. So uh, if you take that, brother, we're going to cover so much. It's crazy if I get down this road and I'm going to try to, keep it within our time limit and all but it's really good stuff you just keep going well it got a hold of me you know yeah yeah <laughs> um but if you look in in genesis which i've heard you say is one of you know your favorite book in the bible or at least close to and it is certainly mine as well um but you see a a river flowing through the garden of eden providing life Mm-hmm. But when it leaves the Garden of Eden, it splits into four heads mm-hmm. and goes in four different directions. So that tells me that if there's a fountain of living water on the inside of me, but rivers of living water flow from the outside of me, that means it goes in all four directions, north, south, east, and west. Yes. I carry this gospel everywhere. I, ca- I give life everywhere mm-hmm. to whomever. So if I'm at church, if I'm 
um, on the internet, wherever I'm at, there's never a place that I'm at where I'm not supposed to provide life from my lips. There you go. And that Holy Ghost life, you know. Yes, sir. Stay full of the Holy Ghost because that's what's overflowing and flowing out of us. Mm. So, doesn't do any good to try to do this without the Holy Ghost. That's right. Um, mm. So we, um, we, we can't, to cut off the flow of water, um, the way you would do that naturally in a river would, would be to build a dam. Yes. Okay. This is, this is going to be crazy. I've looked up the etymology of that word. I just, the Lord placed it on my heart to look it up. And I looked it up and the word D A M comes from the same word that D A M N comes from mm. and damage. They all come from the idea of cutting off the full potential of something. Mama. What is it to damn something? than to curse it from reaching its full potential, whatever that is. What is it to dam up a river than to stop it from outflow? Mm-hmm. And same thing with damaging something. You, you've got something that if you have a damaged leg, it won't run as well as it used to. Man. So so, so let me interject right here. Yeah. I've, I've been anxiously awaiting my opportunity because this is so good. <laughs> This is so good. What you, what what you're talking about and and the points that you're making, uh, this excites me because if we can get this in our spirit and yeah, understand yeah. that those that river of living water does flow should flow out from each one of us and 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 re uh, and flow into the world and sustain life. And, yeah. and to give life, you know, there's so many instances in the scripture that is coming to my mind when you're talking, you know, the tree, uh, just by the scent of water, mm-hmm. it can live. And then, you yeah. know, when you talk about the potential and, and the culture of life, I think about, uh, Mephibosheth and, and the woman who, when she's running and this boy is, is running away from danger, they're fleeing and she, she grabs him, this young boy Mephibosheth and she picks him up and she's trying to save his life mm-hmm. she sees the value in a human life and so she picks him up but she drops him and he becomes crippled he he you know his potential at that point and yes by all human rights was was lessened uh, because he could not run for himself anymore he couldn't do many things that other uh, people could do he was crippled uh, but she did not just because he couldn't walk anymore, just because he was going to grow up with this disability, did, she never lost the culture of life, the the, the yeah. importance of life, and so she carried him, and his life was sustained. and And so, when I think about that, bro, she picked him back up. She picked him back up. And so, when I think about that, I think about two things. Number one, we cannot afford to drop those who we are carrying mm. to a safe place. When, when the church comes in and we're carrying people to Jesus, we cannot afford to drop them because because it does damage. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and damage lasts forever. Now, of course, we, we understand that Mephibosheth was able to sit at the king's table later and God used him. And, yeah. And he was no different sitting at the king's table. And that, that preaches well. But, yeah, but, yeah. but here's the, the second point that I want to make. So, number one, uh, Mephibosheth, his life was spared. But here's here's the second thing: if if we are able to reach higher into the heavens, but we do so by standing upon the corpses and the bodies that we have cut down or we have mm. dropped, mm. then we have failed. We are no different than than those who was building the tower of Babel, trying to reach yeah. into the heavens, doing it for the wrong reason. So yeah. uh, if, if I'm able to reach higher or to extend further or to do more, let it not be because I'm standing on somebody else mm-hmm. who I've already cut down. The The tree of the field is man's life. That's it. Amen. Now go ahead. You keep going. This is so good. No, what you just said, the tree of the what? Mm. He placed that word in there for a reason. Right. Yeah, life. the tree of the field. Yeah, the tree of field. Yeah, so you've got there. 
you can't be you can't be a good apostolic Holy Ghost filled Christian and not ever be in the field. Mm. Yeah. And what, what are we doing in the field? What, what's going on in the field? If you think about it, that's agriculture. Mm-hmm. All right. You do a whole lot of work so you can eat tonight. Well, yeah. not really. It <laughs> takes a while, don't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's for future life. Yes. Yeah. You're eating off of yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So Man. you're eating off last season's harvest. Yeah. And a crop without access to water will mm. surely dry up and wither away. Man, there's so much agriculture in the Bible. <laughs> I, I love it when uh, Brother Urson gets on that because it's, it's, it, he's right. Um, and uh, reading a Bible study written by uh, Bishop Barry Sutton, he wrote it for like, I don't know, 20 or 40 years of work he put together and wrote a Bible study. It's really good. And that's the one I'm teaching. And he talks about that as well. But um, the, it, it starts even with the seed. The seed is a dead thing. Yes. And then it's buried. Mm-hmm. And then water comes along. That's not baptism because it's already buried. Mm-hmm. Water is always signifying Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Even baptism water is, is signifying Holy Ghost to come that that promises to you and it's going to fully submerge. It's going to it's going to come and fill up all the inside until it's coming out. Yeah, and there'll be evidence of new life springing up. I just yeah. pick my little thumb up like a sprout coming out of the ground. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, the sprout comes out of the ground and there's evidence of new life. But brother Teal, when you look at that sprout coming out of the ground, half of us can't figure out what that is yet. Mm. The evidence is just that there's new life. Right. Right. The evidence isn't that it has the correct bark. Mm. It don't even have bark yet. Right. It's just a sprout. My mind. That leaf may not even really identify. That's right. Yeah. Man. The only way you know is if you planted it. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up around farms and all that, and and you sometimes you can tell by the way they mound the ruts. Okay, that's a that's going to be a peanut field, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But the first little sprout comes out of the ground. You can hardly see it. You just know, Hey, life's coming up Mm -hmm. and, and it's where they planted the seed. So you you can rest assured. Well, look at it biblically. That's why Jesus said that the man that had the good field of wheat, it was too late by the time they recognized the tares among the wheat. Mm -hmm. By the time they recognized it, the roots had done grown with the roots of the wheat. And so if you pluck out the tear, you're going to pluck out the wheat as, as well. And you can't do that. we got to have wheat. We have to sustain life. So we can't go plucking up the tear. Why don't we let God do that in the end? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, and that's the thing. If you see a sprout coming up, you can't expect it to have bark. You can't expect it to have fruit. Mm. You say the fruit of the Spirit are these. Yeah, but give it time. At least, at least a season yeah. to grow, right? That's, that's right. So give it at least a season to even show temperance, meekness. Yeah. Give it some time. These are babies. Yeah. You say, you've got the Holy Ghost. You ought to be walking with with the Lord. That's a baby. It hadn't learned how to walk yet. Sure. Give it some time. You can't cut them off. And how many Um, many instances in the scripture would support the the patience of the Lord, the long-suffering of the Lord with with people that, that he held in high regard, you know, as far as being used. I mean, Peter, for example, Peter was like, uh, I don't want to put him on a pedestal. He was a man, but at the same time, he was a leader. Uh, yeah. he, he was very much a leader for the disciples, for the apostles, and for many others in the New Testament we read about. But also in the same in the same book, the book of Acts, he's called Satan. Or in the Gospels, he's called Satan. So, uh, in the Gospels, so just because Peter fell, just because he he messed Uh, up, does you know? One minute he's walking on water, the next minute he's drowning. So, we we all can identify with uh, that that process of growth. But if we if we pluck people up before they've had a chance to mature and grow up into Christ and bear much fruit, then, then we have essentially uh, cut off their, uh, their potential 
And I think it's a dangerous thing. So, and the root of all this is that man, you know, the tree of the field is man's life. So now Jesus, so, so here there's, there's two ways you can look at this. Of course, there's value in a tree. We've got to let it grow up. You got to see what it's going to produce, but if it does not produce Jesus said, you know, what, what did, what did Jesus do? He said, this, this is, this fig tree is not producing. Cut it down, yeah. throw it into the fire. Yeah. But notice it was Jesus who made the decision. Yep. He's the righteous That's right. judge. That's it. It's it, His disciples couldn't make that decision. Right. And he didn't tell them to do that. You're exactly right. Yeah. He is the no, righteous he judge. He didn't say, do as I have done, uh, like he did uh, at the Lord's Supper. You know, he, he didn't say, do this as I have done in that case. Right. Right. This is this is his call. He's the Lord yeah. of all lords. Right. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's. Um, I'll tell you a little story because because as leaders in the church, we have to. We've got to get this out. We've got to get this attitude spread in our churches. Um, and I know we're doing that. Mm. I know that twenty twenty hit a lot of churches hard. There's been a lot more, like say. Um, inner organizational fellowship. You see a lot of meetings where you'll have a, um, uh, maybe you might have a UPC speaker tonight and a WPF guy the next night mm-hmm. and an ALJC guy the next night and an independent guy in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, that's, that's awesome. Yep. That's beautiful. Sure. That's, that's how we're supposed to behave ourselves. Sure. God, God didn't limit his church to, to our, um, organization or, right. you know, our particular one or our particular circle of fellowship, however, you know, but, um, he's the wheel in the middle of all wheels. So that's his circle. We're all in the same circle. Yes. Um, but, uh, I'll tell you a little story I heard and I'll keep it where, I know we have a mixed audience and all this, but there was a man who had backslid. He, his wife had passed away and he had backslid. He was heavy on drugs. And he contacted the pastor that preached his wife's funeral and said, man, I, I want to get back in church. And all. So that pastor said, look, I know this brother down here in this other state where you're at. He was in another state. He said, I know this brother down there in another state is a great man of God. He said, you should go to their church and go ahead and get things right, you know? And he said, okay. So he called him again and he starts confessing that, man, I'm so strung out on drugs that even when I, if I go to church, I'm going to have to smoke weed to settle me down so I can handle going to church. Mm -hmm. That's what he told him. Next thing he says was, well, did you go visit brother? So-and-so he said, Oh no, 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 no. They believe such and such. And it was one really unimportant standard away from from where he the church he backslid from. There was one standard difference. You know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. It, it was a small thing. Mm-hmm. But to him, I, he said, I can't visit that church. So that pastor said, do you hear yourself? You just told me you have to smoke weed <laughs> to be able to go to church. Right. But because they believe that one thing, you mm-hmm. think they ain't got nothing to offer you. Mm-hmm. And, and that, unfortunately, was probably um, the pastor that was talking to him was not – he was not the pastor where that guy backslid out of. Mm-hmm. That pastor had passed away. Okay. Um, so it wasn't him, it, but he was still trying to help him. He knew him, and he preached his wife's you know, mm-hmm. uh, wife funeral and, um, and all that. So he said, man, you're, you're worried about – you're going to die lost because you think this one little standard different. And and I mean, that's it. Everything Mm -hmm. else is the same, Mm -hmm. but that one thing, and it was enough for that guy to say, no, they ain't got nothing to offer me. Well, he, I think he had to have heard that from somewhere. You know what I mean? That was perpetuated. If not by his pastor, by somebody in his church, by some, some of his upbringing, somewhere he got that idea. And I've seen that a lot traveling around and, Mm -hmm. and, and fellowship and um but I thank God that I, I really believe that the apostolic church today is getting away from that for the most part. Sure. And I, you're seeing that work. I heard uh 
Brother Blankenship say maybe last year, uh, he, he said this so, so well in, in talking about how some people maybe are a little bit heavy on, on this standard and some people may not be so heavy on this standard, but he said, I, I like to look at it like, uh, like a river. And it's, you know, I don't think it's no coincidence that we're sitting here talking about, you know, the rivers yeah. and, and life and sustaining life. But he said, I like to think about it as a river and, and on either side of a river, you've got a bank. And he says, mm-hmm. now, now you might be over here in the river and I might be over here in the river, but as long as we stay within the banks, mm-hmm. okay, we're in the same flow. We're heading in the same direction. Let's yeah. not split the church and, and split organizations up and be against one another because yeah. you yeah. don't see the same thing, you know, everything the same way as I do. Listen, if, if we would get less focused on all these other uh, minute things and more mm-hmm. focused on souls, I think we'd be a lot better off. Just if it pleases God, if it lines up with his word, and if it's beneficial to somebody else and brings them closer to Jesus, then I can guarantee you it's the right thing to do. But if yeah. we take the politics out of it and we stop cutting people down and stop saying, well, because y'all do that, y'all ain't got the real thing. Listen, Come that's on, what man. the Pharisees do. Yeah, that's it. That's what the that's Pharisees it. do. Yep. And so you've got something spewing out of you, but it's not rivers of living water. It's not providing life. That's it's, right. It's not sustaining. It, it's almost like Roundup. It's cutting down. Yeah. 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 You know what? I do believe there was something that Jesus talked to the disciples, and, and I could be pulling this. I know it's somewhere in the Bible where he said, are you going to try to lord over someone else's vineyard? Mm. I don't know if you remember that, but I, I do believe that. And it's, man, that's so true because um, if we're bearing the same fruit, then you let the husbandman over there keep doing what he's doing if it's working. Sure. You know, we got the same fruit. Yeah. Um, but the Pharisees were, were uh, they had their list of things and then created more books and books and books of those things. And and you had to pass all, all those you had to check all the check marks, you know. Mm-hmm. Once you did that, you were good. But it didn't matter if you had faith, love, temperance, meekness. You know, it didn't sure. matter if you had the fruit of the Spirit. Right. It was, to them, it was more important, the letter of the law rather than the spirit of the law. But the Bible tells us that God will bring us together in the spirit of unity. Mm-hmm. But the fivefold ministry would be here until we all come together in the unity of the faith. Mm. Faith being what we believe, more leaning toward letter, it's going that tells me that the fivefold ministry will be here until he comes back. Oh yeah. Sure. But we can be in the unity of the spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Amen. So so let's let's talk about this for a second. Um the culture of life. When I think about that, Brother Jonathan, I think culture is something that you know, it's kind of like if I wanted to learn Spanish and I'm actually trying to learn Spanish, it's really hard yeah. unless you are submerged in a culture where mm-hmm. there is, there's, there's nothing else. So I would learn uh, Spanish a lot quicker if I was to go to Mexico and spend a few months over there because now we're all speaking one language and it, I have to get on board or else I'm going to, I'm not going to progress, but you see, I sit over here and I've got, uh, I can sit in America and I can get on Duolingo, you know, three times a week and expect to learn Spanish and it's not going to work because I'm not, I've not, uh, submerged myself in the culture. And I Mm -hmm. believe that when we talk about a culture of life, um, first of all, the apostolic church at large should be that culture. We should create the culture. Yes where when those people come in, they they may not understand how we talk, how we look, how we act, how we worship. They may not understand any of that. And that's I, I believe we've seen a lot of that in Asbury Revival and all that, that was yeah. going on. They didn't understand what was going on. They just needed somebody to come in and explain it to them. This is that. Yes. Right? Yeah. This is that. This is the culture. This is what the apostolic has been doing for 2,000 years. That's you just right. don't under, You just didn't know it. Yeah, and yeah. so that's culture. Culture is all inclusive. Culture is, is submersive, and yeah, it, and it, yeah. it it 
it's like a blanket that just covers everything uh, culture is. And so uh, I, I would say that um, if, if I'm so busy trying to create my own culture or trying to change culture mm. rather than rather than being a part of the culture that already exists, then, then, then I don't think that I'm going to be successful. And I, I, I say that to, to segue into the, the broader statement that is if I'm not with the church, mm-hmm. if I'm not being the church, yeah, then yeah. I'm going to be that ax that was laid against the tree. And I'm going to start, I'm going to be cutting people down because yeah. I'm not a part of the culture of life. And, and I'm, 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 you know, we can become so self-consumed and we just become an ax everywhere we go. We're cutting people down. Yeah. And that's, that's a dangerous place to be. I don't want to, I don't, I'll be honest with you, bro. I want to love people to the cross. Yes. I want to yes. love people to the cross. Can you imagine being the guy? I would imagine it was a guy. The Bible doesn't really say, but can you imagine me and the guy who took an ax to the tree to make the cross of the savior mm-hmm. of the world? Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that blows my mind. Yeah. It had to happen. Offenses must come, but woe in him. Yeah. From whom it comes from. It's got to happen, but it, it don't have to be you and I. Right. Yeah. And you, you said the axe laid to the tree. You know, you was quoting that, that first verse about cutting the tree. I paraphrase it, but it says don't lay the axe to the tree. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what it says, man. The tree that bears fruit, the tree that that provides future life, and you don't know, brother. We ain't got time to go into this, but you don't know who out there is the next saint of God, the next precious um, child of God. Uh, so you have to provide life to everybody because that could be a child of God. They just haven't realized it yet. It hasn't. It hasn't manifested yet. It hasn't happened yet. God knows, and he's the only one knows. So he don't tell us, so that tells us we have to give it to everybody. That's right. Yeah. Mm. And why? Maybe because even when we're being kind to someone who will never get in church, the guy or girl who will could be watching us treat them. Sure. So maybe that's why God don't tell us who and who, who is and who ain't, who will and who won't. Sure. But just treat everybody with love. There you go. Yeah. It's so good. Jesus is no respecter of persons. Why are we? That's right. Yeah. Why why do we 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 tend to and, and God forbid that we act this way, but and I, I'm guilty of it in in my past, but God forbid that I ever only reach for a certain class of people or a certain color of people or a certain yeah. Uh, you know, they, I can't reach this people unless they've got money to put in the offering plate. God forgive yeah. us. Uh, yeah. if we, if that's how we look at the world, because even when he was hanging on a cross, Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do that he embodied the culture yeah. of life. Mm-hmm. He said, yeah. God said, I would that none should perish, but all would come right yeah. unto repentance because he wants he don't want anybody to be lost. That's the culture of life. He sees the value in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What kind of life did he provide for us? There's a name to it. It's described several different ways in the Bible. It's the gift of eternal life, eternal or it's life. everlasting life. Yes. So we don't we don't pick and choose. We can't turn the nozzle off here, mm. turn it back on over there. Yeah. And people, people have come up to me and said, Brother Jonathan, how, how, or some say Brother Kegabine, if they can pronounce it. <laughs> but they say, they say, and, and I'm just saying this because, you know, they hear the podcast, they hear me preaching or teaching or something. They'll, they'll say, and no doubt you'll hear the same thing. How did you learn all that? Mm-hmm. And I said, I'll tell you, God didn't show me an ounce, a drop in the bucket compared to when I started giving it out to people teaching Bible studies, preaching what you know, mm-hmm. never holding it back, waiting for a district meeting or something, yeah. a, you know, conference or anything like that, but just to give it. As you get it, 
and it's right, give it. Yeah. As you get it, you check it with the word. You make sure it's all right. You know, mm-hmm. um, maybe even talk to some people. I love talking to other preachers. Oh yes. And uh, a lot of times when God gets me in a in a certain uh, vein, I'll find out that my friends who are preachers and are they're thinking about the same thing. They've studied about the same thing, and and we'll add exactly what I'm missing. They'll have it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you it's go. So cool. I think that just happened. Um, I had uh, Brother Touchstone on um, mm-hmm. just a week ago or so, and and I I saw some comments on Facebook, I believe, where we were all kind of studying and talking about the yes. same things, and so we that the, there's unity in the body, um, and yeah. I believe that we can be on the same same wavelength, uh, and so it should be said that we are on the same wavelength and we are unified in creating that culture of life. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to just leave it up to you and where you're at in your church. I, I want to be a part of it. I want to, to really, that's what it's about. It's about souls. It's yes. about at the end of the day, yeah. it is about souls. Everything that we do, everything that we are is about souls. Yeah. It's the ones that are in church already. And the ones who aren't sure. all of them are equally important. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Every last one of them. Uh, and there's people who, um, there's people who are are really good at at encouraging those who are already in church. They need to work on their outreach, and some people are great at outreach. But our fellowship helps to sharpen the countenance of each other. You know, to to become a whole mm-hmm. child of God. Yeah, iron um, sharpened iron. Yeah, yeah, and we lift each other up. Where does He gather us in heavenly places? Sure. So when we're gathered together, we fellowship. It it brings us all up together. Yeah, where know? where two or three are gathered together yeah. in my name, yeah, I yeah. am in the midst. Right. Yes. So when we get unified, he joins in. Yes. Sir. He's not going to be left out if he when his people get. <laughs> matter of fact, he said uh, the the people building the Tower of Babel, it, when they set their mind to do something, nothing will be restrained from them. Hey. Same <laughs> thing goes for the church. You know, you can't. The, the culture of life covers so many different things. You can go so many different places with this, whether, the, whether it's outreach, revival, fellowship, fellowship, yes. fellowship. Yes. Um, it, it's all, it's all the culture of life is wrapped up in this um, with every law that's in the Bible, that you love God with everything mm. and you love your neighbor as yourself. There you go. And the, he said next to that is this. Mm. Almost saying like, yeah, you can't do one without the other. And he said that. Yeah, he said. You said you love me. You don't love your neighbor. You lied. So we have to love one another. Amen, bro. Help one another. It's so good. It's simple. It's simple, yet it's it's refreshing uh, to know that it's not complicated. You know, living for God and creating that culture. It's not complicated. We overcomplicate yeah. it often, you know. We think, uh, yeah, we we like yeah. to tie it up in a bunch of rules and regulations and what ifs and all that. But at the end of the day, creating a culture of life is is just as simple as loving your neighbor as yourself, yeah, and loving yeah. God with your whole heart, with your whole mind, with mm-hmm. all your spirit, everything inside of you. Love God, love people. That's what it's about. Yeah, and He gives us sixty six books on how to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, he tells us to do what we're doing right now. Um, we, we love quoting, uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one Lord. Then he goes on to say, and you shall talk about this. Mm-hmm. When you rise up in the morning, yeah. when you walk, when you stand, when you sit, when you lay down at night, talk about it. Talk about do it. what we're doing right now. That's talk exactly about right. it. Because it's a culture. Yeah. We're, we're uh, promoting a culture sure. among each other. The Bible says edify one another daily. Yeah. Lift one another up. I am lifted up daily, daily. Oh, I thought it said just on Sunday. Oh, no. Come on now. It's daily. Every day. uh, Uh, Be the church. Lift somebody up. Edify. I am edified tonight, bro. I'm I'm telling you, I I told you before we hit the record button, um, it's been a week. And I know that for many people who are listening, it's probably been a week for you, too. I am edified. Yeah. I really am. I am. I am strengthened by the word through this conversation. Yeah. I am edified, and it's just so good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, we get there. There's so many things that can distract. Um, the the 
the seed that grew amongst the thorns, um, it was growing. Mm -hmm. So you've got the death, burial, and resurrection. This is this is a this is an Acts two thirty eight experience mm -hmm. that has happened. Mm -hmm. But the cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches drown it out. And then it's, it said, "So it bear no fruit." Yeah. And it's and, and it's the cares of this world that can get us in a different culture. Talking about culture of life, I had a major shift uh, when God showed me this because. I was big into politics, mm -hmm. big into politics. I'm sorry. So for me, it was red state culture was a big deal. Yeah. And and being a good steward of the things God gave us, the, the, the right to vote and the nation and the rights and all of that. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, I wound up finding myself angry a lot. Mm -hmm. Because if you're a man and you take the stewardship of the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. What can you do? Can you fight this big culture, this big system? No, you can't. You can't touch it. Mm -hmm. So the Lord showed me when Nebuchadnezzar was thrown out in the field, all right, for seven years, mm -hmm. he tells him, you're going to go out there and live like a beast for yep. seven years. Yep. All right. Then he says, like an ox. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you see oxen holding up the, the uh, the sea yes which replaced the labor and when when Solomon built the temple he built a sea yes. for them to get baptized in on the day of atonement and uh, and that message of water baptism was holding up by four oxen oh no twelve oxen facing north south east and west yeah. okay so there's there's a culture of life that that they bear the burden of the gospel the burden of life yeah he that ploweth the field and looketh back is not fit that's right but you keep plowing and life will follow you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so, um, ox, if you look at the, the Hebrew definition of ox, it, it meant a plower. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a beast named after its job. Its job was to plow. Yeah. And God told Nebuchadnezzar, you will be like an ox in a field, just grazing grass, not with a yoke. No plow, mm -hmm. no life. He just living an easy life. You know, for a man, that sounds like the American dream. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I can just eat what I want when I want, do nothing, you know, do what I want, yeah. go wherever I want. There's no burden. There's no headache. There's no stress. Sure. Just, he said, you'll do that until you understand that I have my hand in the kingdoms of men. Mm. And when he showed me that, I thought, oh, God, Man. tears of repentance. God help me. Yeah. I keep wanting to have my hand in the kingdom of men, and it is making me an unfruitful bearer of the burden. My, my. Instead of bearing the burden, I'm caught up in the cares of this world until. So basically, I was, I was an ox. I won't say completely worthless in the kingdom of God. God helps us either way, even in our failures and all that. But the threat is that I would be, I would be worthless in the field that I'm supposed to be in mm -hmm. because I'm too busy occupying a field I'm not supposed to be in. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. Worrying about what I'm not, the cares of this world. Yeah. Drowning out the fruitfulness, the, the culture of life. Mm. And, and you, you've seen it. You, you've gone on, I'm sure if, because you're on social media, that's where we met. You've probably seen preachers who drown out their ministry worrying about what Biden's doing. Or, oh, sure. You know, and it, it, it takes away from the people you can reach. Yeah. I mean, you can stand for what you stand for, believe what you believe, vote how you want to vote, and that's all good. But don't let it drown out mm -hmm. what, what God wants to do through you. You know, there's, there's people who don't know my politics, and it might be the only reason that I've got them in the hook. You uh, understand what uh -huh, I'm saying? Uh -huh. As a fisher of men. If, if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off. Mm, yeah. Now, now you could, you could use that and apply it a couple of different ways, but I would like to use it like this right here. Uh, if, if my right hand is the mm -hmm. thing that I'm doing or um, my belief system or my political agenda and yeah. all that, if it offends not only yeah. me, but somebody yeah. else. 
and would keep them from coming to the gospel and, and coming to Jesus, cut it off, cast it in the fire. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, it's not worth it. I'd, it's better to enter in maimed. Yeah. Right. And it's, it'd be better to enter in to, to the kingdom of heaven, knowing that you want a soul. Yes. Yeah. And you didn't, Hold, without that right hand, without that right hand, without that political agenda and all that, it would be better mm-hmm. to bring a soul into the kingdom than to have all that nonsense in this life. I thought for sure you were going to say, "If the right wing offends you, to cut it off." <laughs> that would have been better. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's funny. Hey, uh, hey, but, one one more thing I want to say before before we come to close here in a minute, but uh, yeah. water. And there again, we we could probably do a part two. Probably need to. Uh, water a big subject. Water is such a big subject, man. Water always finds the lowest point, mm. right? So you spill a cup of water on a floor, you're going to find out how unlevel your floor is and which way it's leaning. Yeah. It's yeah. going to flow to the lowest place. The old song says mm. it flows to the lowest valley. That's good. Right? So the blood of Jesus, but you could use that as water as well. But also... Yeah. Uh, astronomers looking at uh, planets and exoplanets for you know for another uh, potential place where we can go and uh, have you know sustain life somewhere, have another culture of life maybe on Mars or something. What do they do? They go and they look for water because if yeah. there is water, yeah. there is the potential for sustaining life. There. Yes, you cannot sustain life without water. Yeah, and and yeah. there again, it, it goes all the way back to what you brought out in the beginning, when those that river flows out of us and it goes <clears throat> north, south, east, west. If there's no water, there can be no sustaining of life. Yeah, man, it's so good. We 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 might have to do a part two, bro. Let, I tell you what, everybody listening, let us know in the comments section. Shoot us yeah, a message yeah. if you want to hear a part two. I want to hear a part two, so shoot us a comment and let us know. It's gonna be so good. Yeah, if they don't let us know, I'm gonna call you anyway. We're just, <laughs> That's if right. It, if it's just you and I. You there know? you go. There you go. Oh, well, bro, I'm gonna give you the last word. Um, why don't you close this out? And and before you do, let me tell everybody listening: if you have not yet. Go listen to the Bible Bulletin. It is an incredible podcast, and I have been truly blessed by it. I don't just say that. I mean it. I listen to it. It is good, good material. So, Brother Kegerbein, why don't you give us the last word? Thank you. Thank you for the compliment. I feel the same way about Disciple Dialogue. I've I've really enjoyed um, your podcast. I've listened to every episode. Thank you. Really enjoyed the last one, Brother Touchstone. Is yes. also a new friend of mine via social media, and look forward to talking to him in the future. And, and uh, God's doing great things amongst His people, getting us together. And I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know who you're affiliated with. I don't know who, he, who he's affiliated with. I don't care. Yeah, you know, we're just on fire for God, and we're creating a culture of life, and yes. and that's happening. That that's happening on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I just seen where uh, brother. I visited Pastor Victor Jackson's church in Orlando when oh, yeah. I was down there, and uh, while I was down there, God spoke to me and started told me to start the podcast. Mm. So the next time I visited him, I told him, and um, later on, I hear that he started a podcast. Yeah. And I don't know if you've been paying attention, but on the in the genre of Christianity and spirituality. He has already passed Joel Olstein. Mm. And, and I mean, he just started. <laughs> Bible centered. <laughs> so, is that right? What's that? Bible centered. Yes. Yeah, Bible centered. It's good. Victor Jackson. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. He's, he's an outstanding man of God, but you know, what we're doing is, is we're promoting a culture of life and mm-hmm. that's all it takes is for the saints of God to get together and talk about it. Yeah. And, and, and think on good things and talk about good things. And from the abundance of your heart, let it flow. Talk about it. Talk about it nonstop. You'll never know what's going to happen next if you just talk about it. That's right. How many times have you found yourself in a situation in public where you're just talking about it with one of your brothers or maybe you're talking to somebody and someone else comes in and says, hey, can, I heard you guys talking about the Bible. Could mm-hmm. you guys pray for me? Sure. 
and it has happened so many times. I, I, I can't even number them where people have made contact because they heard us talking about it. Yeah. But we just keep that culture going, keep that culture of life, love one another, build each other up. We're here for the edifying. God will do all the cutting. There you go. He'll do all the cutting down. He'll do any pruning that needs to be pruning. If yes. that needs to be, he does all that. Yep. Um, Stop cutting on we, people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Start cutting up people and yeah. chopping them up. That's not our job. It's not our job. Amen. But we build each other up. That's the Bible uses the word edify and it means to build up. Yes. And that's what we do. We provide life to each other. And, uh, my, I tell you, um, it's hard to stop. But we're going to have to stop somewhere, aren't we, brother? Well, this is a good place. It leaves room for uh, part two. I'm going to make it happen yes. one way or another. Uh, again, thank you so much, um, Brother Jonathan, for coming on and being a part of this. I, I'm, I am blessed. I'm going to sleep good tonight just with a smile yeah, on my face too. thinking about the Word of God. <laughs> it's so good. And thank you again for coming. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Well, to all the listeners, thank you for uh, joining us today. Go check out the Bible Bulletin. Stop what you're doing right now. Go listen to every episode. And we're going to pray for you that it gets in your heart. Go create the culture of life in Jesus' name. God bless you.